You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 275, we're discussing the Suicide Squad trailer, Loki, and the return of Michael Keaton to the DC Universe. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Carlos. And guys, it's us. It's the goddamn Vaxman and his partner here. We're double-dosed and we are ready to go this week. Our other trusted co-hosts, Sanjay and Troy, are down for various reasons. But we are here to walk you through yet another exciting week in Nerd where it's going to feel a little bit like we're on repeat. We're talking Loki and we're talking Andy Muschietti's The Flash. Some awesome reveals inside of this film, including Michael Keaton on set as Bruce Wayne. This popped Carlos huge. And I know you're dying to talk about this one, man. Man, it's ridiculous. Like, not this bury the lead kind of thing but i literally turned to my kid at one point in time i was like i can't believe how excited i am about a picture of an old man (laughs) it's incredible look we're also going to talk about what this film is doing and we've touched on it at various points in the last couple weeks but what this film is actually doing to the landscape of dc film and then building on top of that things like black adam shazam we got a great image that we'll break down in just a little bit of detail later on with the Shazamly. There's all this stuff firing at us right now. And to pick up a thread from last week, they've taken control of their narrative. And I love it. I love what I'm seeing from DC Film here and what is on the horizon because that also includes James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. We got a trailer dropped on us today and man, is it a banger. I cannot wait till August to see what James Gunn is putting to the screen. Just from the trailer, I know it's going to be hilarious. It's going to be crude, rude. It's going to be James Gunn turned up to 100. And man, am I looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Like, there were some pretty loud and genuine laughs today when I fired up that trailer for the first time. Agreed, man. It is looking so sweet. And I can't wait to, to dissect DC a bit here. This is a DC-heavy episode because they are bringing the heat to the nerd world. But before we get into any of that, my man, we got to get into what I often call my favorite segment of this podcast, and that's our weeks in nerd. And man, let me tell you, I got I to gotta take a preemptive strike here, dude. I had a freaking week. One of the most epic purchases of my nerd life. Walk through the door. And it comes in the form of my very first hot toy, influenced by both yourself and Troy. I finally acquired my Endgame Captain America hot toy, courtesy of Phoenix Comics and Marty. He finally came through. And dude, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I'm in trouble. You've got that taste now, eh? Well, the biggest thing, so beyond the idea that these figures are so detailed, It's the first time I've been hands-on with something like this. I've seen them in the shelves and all that before. But between the accessories, the detail, the posability, the likeness, everything is on point with this. But what it did, and the, the moment that it really stood out to me is when I placed it on my shelf, I left my room and I came back in. 
and I looked across the room and I had it in front of my vendors number one. And I looked there and I was like, whoa, like audibly a whoa. And I said, I'm in trouble out loud to myself <laughs> because it, it brought this amazing prestige and feel and vibe to the nerd room that I, I haven't felt before having something, a high-end collectible. And I was looking across on the other side of the shelf that had it on and I have a Diamond Select Thanos sitting there. I'm thinking, man, wouldn't that look better if that was a, a hot toy Thanos? Like <laughs> here we go. That's that's when it I, I came unhinged. I was like, oh man. And then I'm thinking like, oh geez, what about like a Vader? And and what what about more MCU? And and then it just my mind just exploded. And so I don't know what the next step is for me here, but having this one in hand, I tell you, it's it's a game changer for me. I know you've been in this game for a long time, and I see why <laughs> now. I finally understand why yourself troy darth everyone is into these things man i uh, started there was a time where i bought a christian bale batman and that was going to be the only hot toys ever <laughs> that i bought a christian bale batman i think i have three christian bale batman <laughs> hot toys now <laughs> it, it's, it's 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 beyond anything that i've ventured into before right like i've, I've gotten into the poster game a bit now and I got a bit deeper into the retro collecting and the beyond aspect of all of it. But to, to zero in on something like this, a character that I absolutely love from, I think, his best costume iteration as well. And have mm -hmm. that be my first. Like, man, I, I don't know what's next, but it was just such an experience. And that, that's the thing. It's, it's hard sometimes to capture an experience like this in the collecting game because we've all been in it for so long, right? What can come across our tables and into our rooms that surprises us and excites us again. Like all the stuff I have in here excites me, but this is new. This isn't Lego. This isn't a legend. This isn't a, an action. Movie. This is, you know, a high end collectible. Yeah, man. They're great. <sighs> yeah. I tell you, wasn't cheap, but I can be honest with you. I've had the money set aside for like eight months. So it was, <laughs> it was already committed. It was put out there. So the hit didn't feel immediate because I had been prepping for this for so long. So it's definitely something I continue to explore is, is the hot game. The biggest issue I have with it, to be honest with you, is the wait time. You know what I mean? Like it, it was, this was announced like what, two years ago. And then we had, of course, a pandemic in between, <laughs> but yeah, that that's the killer part for me. Cause I find that even with the legends and the black series and all that is that the revealed announced, and then maybe three, four months later, you can have them in hand. Yeah, and to be honest, now that now that I'm thinking about it and you bring it up, they announced that thing so long ago that Molnir was uh, and the Infinity Gauntlet, like the Nano Gauntlet, were blacked out yeah. on the solicits when they, I ordered The Busted one. Shield was like, too. Yeah, that's when I ordered it as well. Because I remember after we saw it, we're like, that's definitely the two pieces that are missing is, yeah. is Molnir and the Busted Shield. Yeah, so yeah, so there you go. It was it pre -endgame. predated. Yeah just wild so it yeah if if you have the opportunity guys to ever experience that and that's the thing that i'm always searching for is the experience in nerd this was one of them and I, I threw a picture up on twitter i'm gonna throw a couple more up on instagram alongside of the show that i took kind of posing it up i don't have the skill set that troy does when it comes to posability and composing one of those videos but i'll get a few posters up there to accurately represent my my favorite moments from endgame that i was trying to recreate <laughs> 
Excellent. Excellent. Man, nobody's Troy. No. I've had Hot Toys forever, and I've never put together a show like that. (laughs) And I would never expect anyone to be Troy. He He is the man. He is the man. Or the boy, as he likes to call himself from time to time. But I also had an experience with with the six inch Marvel Legends, you know, sticking with those Disney Plus pre-orders. I had one figure arrive in the Winter Soldier, three meant to arrive on Saturday and Sunday, and I got notices saying they were literally undeliverable. <laughs> Whatever that what? means. Yeah. So I got the their ship, they're on their way, they're in Calgary, and then I got undeliverable for all three of them. So the story we kind of got from Amazon was that they gave them to the wrong courier or something and they disappeared. And so they're like, we're going to auto refund you. Don't worry, you'll get your money back. And so I said, no, 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 no. I had my wife get on the phone with Amazon and say, I don't I don't want a refund because I don't want to be searching for these things and I don't want to pay more than I paid for on the pre-order. So can you please resend them? Sure, sure, sure. I'm going out of town for a couple of weeks. So I'm, <laughs> I sent them to my sister who I'm going to see. So they'll be waiting for me in Ontario when I get there, hopefully they shipped again. So it was kind of a weird pre-order mix up. You know, I was so confident that Amazon was delivering these things. I was chronicling it with Carlos as they were dropping and saying they're on their way. And I was like, no way, this is amazing. And here we are. And I still don't have a, a ship date or a proper arrival date for WandaVision or Captain America. So I don't know the, the pre-order game in Amazon still a bit sketchy. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a crazy story, man. That's a crazy story because I had one that was deemed undeliverable as well. It was a, a McFarlane one that I had pre-ordered off them, and I don't know how they fumbled the ball like that. But yeah, same thing, like the courier. And I was like, oh, like is there the, that... does the guys just steal them? Maybe I don't know. Like, do they just end up in on the floor somewhere? Like, where do these packages go? Well, obviously they were able to take it to an end point, so it's like. Is it not worth your time to make a phone call and be like, hey, where's these Marvel Legends at? 100 bucks worth of Marvel Legends are supposed to arrive on my doorstep. And it's funny because I can, like, the package is in the city somewhere. Like, it came from out of country, came from the States, and ended up in the sorting facility here. Like, that's as far as it tracked. And then it said, like, it's, it will be here. And then, boom, no, undeliverable. So at the end of the day, like, I, I try to always take these with the, with the grain of salt because I don't want my, my hobbies to, infringe on on happiness or anything like that or, or provide a source of frustration but i just kind of shrug my shoulders like ah, i'm sure i'll be able to find these if i can't get them on amazon like these are pretty popular figures popular line i'm sure they'll be pretty deep like you saw the shang chi figures are pretty deep at eb so they're not these figures they're a bit more dull but i think ultimately you should be able to find most of these disney plus with the exception of maybe vision and wanda pretty pretty handily yeah. Yeah, those would be the most popular. And then one of the ones that you have in limbo is the Sam Wilson, and that one's the double pack yeah. for the for the set. So, yeah, you should be fine. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about this. I've, I, my, the hot toy took a bit of the sting off it, I think, <laughs> at the end of the well, day. Yeah. Well, and your shipping was weird, too, because we ordered Wand on the same day, and Vine is just still in pending status. Mine says, like, it'll be delivered sometime between July and August. So okay. it's kind of giving me a pretty wide window. So hopefully they don't show up when I'm gone. But even if they do, that's okay. Some porch pirate can uh, can have them. But <laughs> no, my neighbor's going to grab them. <laughs> but yeah, and so the other thing that I got up to this week, just to finish me off before we jump over to the goddamn Batman, is I, my wife and I finished Sweet Tooth last night. 
So we bl- oh nice man. We blasted through I think five episodes in one night, and then we finished off with the the final episode last night. Man, it is phenomenal, absolutely brilliant show. Everything that they've done in there, from the the actors and actresses that were cast and the roles that they play, to the story, to the moments that they set up to be emotional, to the moments they set up to leave you hanging for what's inevitably going to be a next season. It is one of the best shows I have seen. And to be honest with you, there's some things that rang, whether on purpose or not, very, very close to home <laughs> regarding <laughs> viruses and stuff like that yeah. that kind of got you thinking a little bit. But it's fantastic. High recommend. If you're not watching it, one, two episodes, you'll be hooked. And the way that things start to come together towards the end, whoo, masterful storytelling. Man, I'm glad you loved it so much because, yeah, I... That that show just made my heart sing so good, mm-hmm. so good. Although my kid was getting a little annoyed because I make her watch it all the way through the credits so that you can see like the Warner Brothers DC logo spin thing. Because yeah. I love how they change it for every show. She's like, seriously, it's just the DC logo with hair. I was like, I know, but it's cool that they do it for every single show. <laughs> <laughs> Their own little version of it. So yeah, so good. Sweet tooth, get out there, guys. Netflix, watch that. My boy RDJ, DC. Mix up and looks like they got something that there's probably going to get at least two, three seasons out of. My wife was actually asking about trades. Like she's wants to to know the story or the end of the story. Yeah, they're they're super different. They're a lot darker. That's what I told her. Uh, that they said. And like visceral would be the way that I'd describe them. Uh, they they don't have that kind of. They don't have a ton of hope and optimism. Like you certainly get them. Uh, through Sweet Tooth, you get a bit of that with Gus, but um, like uh, Big Man is he, he's a lot grimmer and mm-hmm. uh, like the the Abernathy is he's a little more cruel and stuff like that. And it's interesting because watching the show, I don't know that they're taking it to the exact same place with the Genesis, the virus, mm-hmm. and then. Um, how things end up playing out as far as like the order of the world go, but it could too with a few of the other things that we saw, like um, the second episode there when uh, the big man kind of looks behind sweet tooth when he's rescuing him and he sees the vision through the doors there and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one for me to call. I, I, I treat nurturing these new DC fans. Like I take that very seriously and I want to make sure that, don't do anything to alienate the new love. <laughs> it's funny because she's read Why the Last Man, and she was asking, "Does that tie into this at all with the the Last Man army and that?" Yeah, it, it well, doesn't. I said, but yeah, it'd be like the opposite. Interesting that both of those were DC properties, yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. yeah, there's a Y show coming out pretty quick. Here, yeah, I think so. She's trying to make that Ooh, connection, make that DC connection. There you go, man. There we go. You got you got another fan. You got another fan. Another one in the house. You've sold them on it. Yeah. Your wife is she's she's all in for the uh, DC pandemic multiverse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my dude. What did you get up to this week? I know you got you got a few little goodies out there, and you got to do some explaining here on a post that you threw up on our Instagram feed as well. Yeah. Let me just see. Well, first things first. Huge shout out to our boy Kyle from the Tumbling Saber because I, I teased it last week. But he had sent a vintage collection, like the uh, exclusive version of the vintage collection Mandalorian, who comes with Grogu, 
as like a bit of a two pack, so to speak. Although Grogu's so small, he's <laughs> he's just an accessory, really. But uh, that was for my daughter's graduation, so she or not graduation, but she finished her school year and ended up doing it with honors and stuff ah, like that. So. Kyle, man, I wish you could have seen her face. She was just gushing and like beside herself. She thought that this thing was super cool and was blown away with just that she had it and how cute Grogu was. And I don't think it was completely on her radar. So, dude, yeah, that was a solid one. Yeah, you certainly awesome. made some smiles out west here. And then, uh, yeah, what else was there? So, the Instagram post, I posted a few things recently. Are you talking about the uh, trip to Martha's basement? Yeah, there? Martha's basement. Martha's basement. So yeah, for anybody who who's new to the show, uh, just a couple of years ago, uh, my parents moved out of our childhood home kind of thing and into a new spot and got it all set up for them. They've got this big, beautiful basement with this massive storage room and this glorious shelving so got in there painted everything got everything nice did a ton of moving for them and i said my fee is you can store all my stuff that you're storing at the old house (laughs) in the new house and then uh with tim getting into the retro collecting and nerd your resolutions i was like man i really got to get down there because i'm starting to get the itch to buy some of the old stuff again but i don't want to get caught buying something for mm-hmm. premium penny that I already own. So I was like, I got to get down there and start cataloging these things and going through these boxes. And so I decided I just started in the far back corner and grabbed the first two boxes and tossed the contents up on Instagram there. Oh. But man, did I find some treasures? Like it was a good two first boxes to crack that seal with. Cause uh, yeah, what was in there? Like the first box had uh Superpowers Batcopter in the box, a boxed Batman 89 Batmobile from uh, Toy Biz, a Batsky boat from Kenner, Batman Returns in the box, and like a Legends of the Batman Batmobile. Unreal. Like these, uh, like all- these individually are items you would see at a toy shop or at a toy show and be like, oh my, look at that. And he had a box full of them. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a little nuts. <laughs> and then those animated series. I've never even seen those before. I didn't know those existed. Yeah, and yeah, the second box, it was a set of Batman the Animated Series 12-inch dolls, and they actually have, like, cloth costumes and stuff. And it was kind of cool. I don't know if they realized it or not, but my boy Nico from the Vigilante 1939 podcast, him and Daddy Bats, he posted a Father's Day picture of him and Daddy Bats, and they're holding the Batman and Nightwing figures from those dolls that I pulled out no of that way. box there. So, yeah, those were in there and some old, like, power records. And I put up a cheeky post showing how we roll in the whole, quote-unquote, DC versus Marvel because they're like, join Superman, Batman, Captain America, Spider-Man, and Wonder Woman as they take on the foes, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what else did I find in that box? There was those, and, oh, yeah, and the piece de resistance was a freaking Mego Batman from 1976 in the box, (laughs) like, from before I was born. So, at some point in time, I (laughs) laid my hands on this treasure, and, uh, yeah, there it was. So, that was pretty cool, and I love the box for it, like, this hot pink with some cool images of Batman, Robin, and Superman on there, so... Yeah, that was cool. I'm telling you, dude, someday we're going to amalgamate all the nerd rooms into the, the nerd room museum here. We're going to have our have our own museum, toy museum. 
I'm there for it. As long as we can get interred, and then I can change the name to the Nerd Room Mausoleum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, tra- just, a, just a healthy transition. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Folks can pay their respects and come peek at <laughs> all the, the cool God swag. Goddamn Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then from there, to build on your weekend, Nerd, with your Hot Toys Captain America. So you got the email, and you went down and grabbed it, and I was like, hmm, I didn't get an email. But I was like, by rights, I ordered mine like a few weeks, if not a couple months before Tim. Oh, 100%, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. We'll see what's up. But like I like I sent you the text before I even left the house because you were convinced that I should have mine. And I was like, well, no, I know that I'm always at the back of the line because it's like you need to know the the orders that he can manage and the guys that he can kind of be like, dude, like you just need to give me a little more time. And so, uh, went to the store and sure enough, he's like, yeah, he's like, I only, I got allocated. I only got X amount in. And he's like, I had to flip a coin on the guys I had to get them to right away. And the guys I knew would be cool waiting. I was like, man, just between you and I, that was like the choice that had to be made. Like (laughs) you had to get yours in your hand. It didn't help that I was in there like every week being like, like obviously not asking him, but looking at him through my mask and being like, so where's my cat? Cause every week I go and he'd be like, dude, it's coming next week. I promise. <laughs> and I, this went on for months. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be That's fingering amazing. through the boxes being like, is there a hot dog box in here? <laughs> he was, he was very pleased. I must've been his first email. He was very pleased. I do feel bad though. Cause he, like <laughs> for all intents and purposes, you ordered yours like at least four months before I did. Oh man. Don't like God, if I got mine first, I would say like you should have it. Like that's just that's just the order of the world. It's not uh, it's not Michael Keaton Batman. So no. it, <laughs> by by rights, the Chris Evans Captain America needs to go to you first. Just, that's just the just you wait for the the Michael Keaton hot toy coming from the Flash. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be at least that, two of that, them, I think. Yeah, that's just the order of the world, man. <laughs> so yeah, but it was it was funny because like I'm there, and like I'm not disappointed. But I'm disappointed. I was like, ah, oh, I was kind of hoping to get my hands on some sweet plastic. And uh, I ended up just grabbing the variant version or the regular version of the Todd McFarlane Batman. So the one mm-hmm. that he designed. So Troy and I had got the gold edition ones that Toys R Us stocked. And then Jared had posted pictures of his and like it had different weapons, which were kind of cool. And he was like a, a lighter blue. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? This is cool. Like when I'm making like dubious calls at work i like playing with figures i was like this is the ideal one to have with his like swords and all this other funky todd <laughs> McFarlane stuff on him so i so i bought this and it was like literally just so i didn't leave empty-handed like i was like okay well maybe we can get crosshair and he didn't have crosshair because my kid was with me so I, I leave with this and then i was just like you know what i'm just gonna pop my head into an eb and see what's up and i walk into eb and man i end up coming out with an armload of McFarlane's because I find all four death metal uh, hero figures. So like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then uh, the Robin King with the build a figure wave. And I find Batman Beyond as well, who's like a bit of a hard get, I guess, because they, they redid them in a build a figure wave too. So, so yeah, I end up coming out with like freaking six McFarlane's out of this. Oh, the missus must have loved that. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Like I, uh, 
I got quite the look when I came in with literal armloads of McFarlane action figures. I love it, man. Hey, it's in its all fairness, Mrs. Goddamn Batman. I've got a hot toy sitting in front of me. And you We totally switched spots. Yeah, we did. One hundred percent. Uh we totally switched spots. Like the first the first this week's the nerd when I was around, this would be you talking about getting a wave of figs to complete a build a figure and be me talking about a hot toys, yeah. but yeah. Man, tables have turned in in the best way possible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it'll be a couple of weeks yet if and when I get my cap, but it's all good. It's all good. Like I said, if there was one to be had between the two of us, it, it had to go to you. Like there's no two ways about it. I appreciate that, man. And to to be honest with you, I knew that that sentiment was was with you the whole time. I know exactly what would happen. If you had walked in there and got that cap hot, so I just the dude you are, you would have walked and knocked on my door, put it right there and said it's yours. You wouldn't even have opened it out of the cardboard. I know that's exactly what you would have done. <laughs> yeah, and like you, I, I love giving you guys gifts and stuff, but I would have left the receipt in there too. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, this, the hot toys this, this, are a heavy yeah, touch. This isn't a this isn't a uh, McDonald's stuffy that you've given my daughter. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I appreciate it. I know, like if, if I was really hurt, you would have done it. But yeah, I'm not expecting you to pull that kind of <laughs> cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll buy you a legend all day long. Yeah, but the receipt will be in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then uh, any, anything else? Any more plastic for you guys? Or just loading up this for this past week? Well, yeah, no. The the last thing that kind of happened was uh, today. Got a ding dong on the doorbell, and Toys R Us delivered the Clone Wars. Um, I guess it was May the Fourth figures. Mm-hmm. So between Troy and I, and a bunch of crazy internet malarkey with trying to order these figures we were able to put together two complete sets so one for him and one for me so that's awesome that's awesome and these like these celebratory waves keep coming because we just got the power of the force was announced this past week the power of the force card backs as well the luke the han and i think there's one other uh, greedo greedo yeah. yeah so we've been we manifested those into existence those ones, the Power of the Force 2 six-inch card backs. Missed opportunity there not to re-sculpt that into a, a big yeah. a big buff Luke. They, or even just make like a, a chase figure. Yeah. Like make the regular one regular and then have the buff as like... Or exclusive or the, something like that. Yeah, it'd be kind of yeah. kind of funny. So we got to do a big Star Wars episode in the coming weeks here. We've got a, a bit of in and out to do with the rotating cast of hosts that you've had on the podcast. I'm going on vacation here, so I likely won't be here next week, but you'll probably have the goddamn Batman leading the show, or we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But we got to get into some serious horror talk between the Bad Batch, all the figs that they've announced at the Hasbro Fan Fest and everything, and everything that's going on in the background. We just haven't had time to slot it in. We haven't had Troy the Boy here either to break down. You know, he's he's the fig man, so... We need to, to get back and have a, a solid, a solid Star Wars episode here in the not-too-distant future, maybe to wrap up Bad Batch and some big reveals on Bad Batch this past week that unfortunately had spoiled for me, but that's okay. Um, I'm okay with it. But ultimately, yeah, Star Wars is starting to pick up some pace here, and the, the figs, I've been out of the game a little bit, but you've definitely filled the void for me. <laughs> oh, I know, man, like... I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse. A bit of like, both. Bit of both. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of stuck in that prequel era and then the in-betweenquel era. Yeah. So it's like, it's not really doing the sequel stuff and she doesn't really mess with OT that much. But like that, the Mando is yeah. like all-encompassing, obviously. Huge, yeah. 
and then the prequel stuff is just weird. It's like you couldn't give it away for years, and then as soon as she gets into it, everybody wants it, yeah. and the price skyrockets. Well, it's found this beautiful renaissance with the, especially with Disney Plus coming out, and you're seeing the season seven of Clone Wars. So finishing that off, you got the Bad Batch here, and there's an interesting debate going on amongst the community too about what is your favorite Star Wars and why isn't the OT the winner and all that. And my, my opinion here is like, it's such a beautifully generational film saga that you have people now, your daughter's age and, and that, that find that the clone wars and the prequels are, are where they found their star Wars. And you're seeing that with sequel people as well. And it's wherever your entry point is, is what's your favorite, you know, whether or not you could argue all day, but ultimately I think you're going to say the OT is the best star Wars. But it's not everyone's favorite Star Wars because I think their favorite Star Wars is is your entry point into the universe. Yeah, like she's she's a bit weird because like for her it would definitely be the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. that would be her entry point. But I don't I don't understand why the prequels became her jam. But like my goodness, like when she went for prequels, like she went for it. Actually, it's Ahsoka. That's that's who I can blame for it. It's it's Ahsoka, and I think well, I, yeah, through Mando, really, right? Like Ahsoka yeah. and backtrack through there. But you have to remember too, the prequel era has the most content, and depending on what you're looking for, you could argue it has the most accessible content for the widest age range. Being that oh, you sure. have like yeah. the films, you have stuff that's really being tied in with Mando, and then you have all the animated stuff, like piles and piles of animated stuff. So if you get into that cycle, to me, it's just, it's natural. And that's what I love about Star Wars is that I don't care what you say or what your favorite film is, but it's always going to be how you found your way into it. And then backtracking through whether it's the comic books or the books or the films or Mando, a lot of people coming in through Mando, but because it's such so felony influence, that you find yourself backtracking into all the stuff that he's had a heavy influence in. Yeah, man. And you know what? You totally nailed it. Like with my daughter, it was Mando. And then following the Ahsoka thread back and then falling in love with all that mm-hmm. to the point where like freaking Captain Rex is like her second favorite character yeah. in the entire I didn't even know who that guy was two years ago. That's awesome. Now you got multiple action <laughs> figures over, man. Like, and I've spoken about this before too. The idea of Star Wars and all these film franchises having accessible female heroines, right? That mm-hmm. that these young women and girls and all that can see themselves in, and like that's the same thing with Ray and my daughter. That's her access point to Star Wars is through that character because she can envision herself there. She can relate to to her, and Ahsoka is another huge character that I find a huge generation of young ladies have found a relationship with an accessibility to Star Wars, right? It's not Anakin, Obi-Wan, or Luke. It is Ahsoka and it's Rey. I think it's so cool that you were, we're witnessing in that and you're actively living that out. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, I hope she gets a job soon and can pay for her own sway, but... It's how it goes. I'll tell you, man, post-pandemic, it's going to be, let's babysit all our way through here and we'll fund all that plastic. <laughs> but then, speaking about Disney+, Plus, everything that's going on in Star Wars over there, there's another big franchise that, that is coming out here or has come out, and that's in, in Loki. We touched on 
episode one last week and also in the live stream. And we're not going to break down episode two with the exception of, of one big reveal inside of it. So spoilers for episode two of Loki. And we're going to go to a theory that you threw out on the live stream a few weeks ago regarding the identity of the Loki variant that was running around that they're they're supposedly chasing here. We have that revealed to us in some capacity. It might not be the total reveal, but it turned out to be a female wearing the Loki horns, blonde haired though. So who do you, who do you think this variant is? Is it Lady Loki? Is it Enchantress, who is a character that does have some relatively close ties to Loki? And the whole Thor Loki Asgardian story and narrative inside of Marvel Comics. Like, who is this character, and is she a small piece to a much bigger puzzle when it comes to the Loki variants? Yeah, like I think I would like it if she was the Enchantress because this seems like a better spot to introduce her mm-hmm. into the MCU because that that kind of whole thirsty for Thor yeah piece. <laughs> like, I don't think that you can fit that in anywhere in the the greater MCU, like I think the Thor character is kind of evolved past that mm-hmm. now and it would be a bit reductive to do. So yeah, I, I do hope it's the Enchantress and there's a couple of things that suggest that it could be her with the whole uh, possession of different people, but inhabiting those bodies, which is a little different than what Loki mm-hmm. was doing with like Hawkeye and stuff in the previous movies. And also he, he had the Mind Stone, right? But um, yeah, I hope it's Enchantress. Like I did have maybe a spoiler hit me via Funko stuff that shook me from that uh, train of thought a little bit. But yeah, I I hope it's Enchantress. I think it would be more interesting Mm -hmm. than just Loki variants being the the bad guys here too because I think it would give them a better hero arc as well Yeah, and keep the MCU a little cleaner. Yeah, agreed. And when I first saw it, when she first pulled the hood off, I, I thought immediately, okay, Lady Loki. That was where they're going, and there was rumors of that. But then the look didn't... It wasn't as strikingly Loki-esque as you would expect. It's actually quite a stark contrast to to Loki when you just look at the hair. And so that kind of threw me off, and then the Enchantress started rolling around in the back of my head a little bit. And it's funny because even as the episode evolved, when I took what you had thought into consideration from before about it not being simply just Hiddleston in a different role... From the start of that episode, I was like, this is definitely a female. I thought for sure, just the way she was moving and how everything was evolving, I said, okay, this is going to be where they introduce Lady Loki in some capacity. And I felt a bit vindicated that it it did, in fact, turn out to be a female. But I'm with you. I want this to be Enchantress. Like At first, I thought, okay, is there a whole bunch of different Loki variants skipping around here? And we're going to find Kid Loki and you know, another Lady Loki, and then just variations on Loki, because they, they tease that, right? That there's been a numerous amounts of of Loki variants throughout time. But to see where this goes, because they kind of exploded the multiverse with this episode too, which would be interesting to see yes. how they rein it all back in. <laughs> and what they can do with that, right? Like, it's going to be uh, a fun few episodes, episode three and four here, to see if they take a pause here on the story in episode three and just do some fun cameos and some fun alternate timelines and kind of play around with the MCU a little bit here and, and put the story in the back burner a little bit. 
Yeah, well, this is your opportunity to yeah. do it, right? Because <laughs> like the the end of that episode gave you the green light to go hog wild and play with honestly anything and everything mm-hmm. you could ever want to. So it's, if you're gonna get a live action what if, it's probably the next episode or two inside of the MCU. Outside, of course, the animated stuff that's coming later. But that uh, that that to me is just a, a little fun place they can play. But live action with not real implications for the MCU, but at least some internal narrative consequences maybe you could see them playing around here and i I think this is the time to do it you've had a nice couple intense episodes you've built up loki to a point let's go have some fun for an episode is is that's that's what i'm hoping for here for episode three no expectations though going in gonna go go in going blind fresh so loki yeah it's it's turned out to be a really fun show really engaging show and i like this wednesday drop but now it seems like Disney is going to do Wednesday drops for everything because Loki did so well. Well, yeah, there was that. And then because Netflix committed to their every Friday new release okay. thing. And so I think just uh, make sure that everything they put out can get a bit of a hit. And mm-hmm. and who knows? Maybe that speaks to how successful Netflix is on Fridays or how well Loki did on a Wednesday type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be curious to see, but... It does throw yeah. some of our live streams into a bit of flux here because we do like to tip a few from time to time with the V39 boys. <laughs> but we'll have to make other time for that, other live streams. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, we might just have to do social sociables. Which I'm all game for, man. The more, the merrier. I do love me a good live stream and a, a good beer or two while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's move on to, to DC for the rest of the episode, man. So if, if I find the last couple episodes have been somewhat predictable and somewhat repetitive, and we're going to try to stray away from that, but it seems that we're doing This Week in Nerd Loki, and then boom, we've got the, another Flash reveal. Eddie Machete. It's not our fault. It's, it's, yeah. it's not. But before we get into the, the reveals here and some of the set photo leaks that we're going to discuss, so spoilers for all of that, I, I want to talk about a, a thread that we have definitely been pulling through the podcast over the last couple of months, right? Post Zack Snyder's Justice League, whether or not you want to draw the line in the sand there or not, that is, that is your part of what do you want to do? I'm going to draw it there. But there has been a 180 degree change in the, I think, visual perception of DC film and what they're doing. We talked last week about them snatching the narrative back and running with it in a meaningful way. And every single week we get what I'm going to call very Marvel-esque approach to how they are showing and how they are promoting their brand now. This week we got another Machete reveal. We got Shazam Lee. We got a beautiful photo of them. We're getting, yes, of course, set leaks. Black Adam is there in the background, The Rock doing his thing. And I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but hell dc is firing on all cylinders this feels like a completely different company than it was six eight months ago yeah man well it's it's basically your new guard firmly established in their roles and kind of making good on that plan that they rolled Mm -hmm. out not that long ago right with what ann sarnoff said they're new mandate was and their new mantra and that they're they're moving forward and either get on the train or get off kind of thing and they don't want any of the negativity with with these things and they want to try 
different and vibrant things and trust the characters and trust the filmmakers and like you know you, you look at that suicide squad trailer today or the fact that they're making a peacemaker tv show it is it, it's they're making good on those promises if you ask me mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah it, it feels like a whole new bag and even the fact that as a dc fan you've got four movies in active pr- production you've got two in the can pretty much and that's an amazing place to be yeah it's and this is what you want to see like this is this is what is going to make very big gains i think from an audience perspective is that you have all of this stuff on tap there's no walking any of this back like you said active production and even the way they're promoting it like look there's a bunch of controversy online about a billboard that wb shot up over the over the weekend that had a keaton batman and a reef superman alongside of wonder woman aquaman and the harry potter characters and there's a bit of controversy around Affleck and Cavill being pushed out and all this. My opinion on this is DC is taking a big step back and they're saying, look, we have a multi-generational film universe here that we're fully embracing. We have these iconic characters, the first iterations, on-screen iterations of these characters in Keaton and Reeves. We have HBO Max. We have all of this stuff that we want to promote. So we're not going to pigeonhole ourselves into the last couple of years of these characters, let's open it up and say, if you're a DC fan from the late 80s, the 70s, through up until yesterday, it's accessible for you. It's there for you. You know, everything that we've done is important. That To me, that's what that billboard and what they're doing, bringing Keaton back and acknowledging the past and the things that they've done inside of the CW where they, they fully embrace everything that's been done. Like to me, that's important. We talk about multi generational in Star Wars. DC is embracing the same concept. Is is you, you, yeah. that that's how people found their avenue? Your avenue in to the film universe was Keaton, right? And it's always going to be Keaton. Yeah. Well, and there's no denying like how massively popular those films were. Mm-hmm. Like Superman seventy eight, it doesn't get talked about in the same breath because the movie that it opened up against was Star Wars mm-hmm. kind of thing. But like those two movies played every weekend on some TV station somewhere as like 40 years worth of people grew up kind yeah. of thing. And like, I'm sorry, but Chris Reeve Superman is still the most popular recognizable version of the character. Like that theme song is almost become synonymous with his logo mm-hmm. and it brings feelings for people like, what a freaking high school football game and i bet you the band plays it during one of the intermissions like it's just it's just what it is and like what else can you say about batman 89 right and yeah that's the batman that my generation grew up on and guess what a batman in an all black suit with a yellow oval didn't exist before that guy hit the screen now he's like millions of people's favorites so why wouldn't you go with that batman and yeah, like you said, it's just it shows all the cool stuff that DC has. Like people loved Michael Keaton's Batman. People loved Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. People loved Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. People loved Christopher Reeve's Superman. Put it all up there. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Like I think it's a smart move to show that there's all sorts of chocolates for whatever one's tastes are. Come and get what you like. So. Yeah, and I think that's the most important piece of it all is that there's something for everyone. 
you don't have to like the flash you don't have to like Zack Snyder's justice league if keaton's batman's your thing there's still going to be accessibility to that i think that's what they're they're speaking to you through these advertisements is embracing this spectrum of incredible films that they've had over the last three four decades and it's nothing more than that like yeah you can deep down and dig deep down and say oh yeah they're pushing half like it or whatever I don't think so. To me, it's just smart business, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's all it is. It's, it's just good marketing. Yeah. Like if they can get you to buy a ticket to go on that studio tour because you like Jason Momoa's Aquaman, but if they can sell your uncle a ticket because he loves Christopher Reeve's Superman, that's just smart. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you use that? Why wouldn't you use this four quadrant fan base that you have? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's impressive. And that goes again to speak to, I think, how they're reapproaching all of this. And like I said before, re-embracing everything because they're slowly integrating everything back in. And man, I have to let the goddamn Batman go here because one of the most excited things I have seen him put out there is his pure joy for the fact that we got to see Michael Keaton through a leaked set photo, of course, but it's all over the internet, as as Bruce Wayne on the set of Flash shaking hands with Ezra Miller. <laughs> well, like, tell you got to express. Like, I, I don't know if you can in in words. Like, your face here says it all, <laughs> and unfortunately, this is audio. But through the DMs, your posts online, your exchanges with your family and with us, th- this has been like, I the trailer is going to break you and in, into pieces. <laughs> Man, it it like, it's stupid. It is stupid how <laughs> excited I was and just uh, like just this incredible feeling that gave me because it's like, yeah, I've known for a long time when everybody else found out like Michael Keaton, you know, it was in the pipeline that he's going to be Batman again, maybe. And they're doing multiverse stuff. And then it kind of gets confirmed. And I was like, yeah, cool. Sure. And like I've seen him in a bunch of stuff lately, like obviously Spider-Man Homecoming or even just a couple months ago, Trial of the Chicago 7. And so we he's always been present, but then it's like, there's that one shot and it's kind of through like a camera boom, but you see him and he's got like the hair piece on <laughs> and it's like, Oh shit, this isn't Michael Keaton. This is freaking Bruce Wayne, Batman 89. <laughs> like this, this is legit. Like, man, it, he looks so cool and just like embodied it. Like they, they tried to do the old Bruce Wayne thing with the CW crisis and they, had Kevin Conroy wear the rig. And it was like, uh, you know, it, it's a cool homage to the fact that the guy did the animated series voice that we love. But it, I'm not feeling it. But then you see this, and it's like, this guy. This this look, like, just like back in 89, it's like, you mean that the Mr. Mom guy? And you see him on screen, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy could wreck me. Like, that, that's the, man, I went nuts. What else is there to say? <laughs> There's literally no other words for that. <laughs> yeah, it it was crazy. Like the Batmania, the fires are stoking. Like I was poking around my garage and I found the big Batman Returns display, and I'm like, shoot, this thing might need to see a resurrection here. <laughs> I the the renaissance that that character, the '89 character, is going to go through yeah. here over the next six to eight months, probably likely building into. Well, I would assume an October fandom trailer by the time we get there. You look at what they did with the Batman and the amount of footage they had here. They're going to have a substantial amount of footage by the time we get to October. We're going to see, my prediction right now is we're going to see Bruce Wayne at a minimum actively on screen in the trailer 
and maybe you get to see a bit of that 89 suit in full motion man it, it could you could have a double dose of, of batman trailers at fandom this year dude th- my wife better have an aed on standby because <laughs> it, it's man like i can't even imagine well like now that we're talking through like i was getting emotional watching brandon roth in superman returns when the music played and that's like nothing for me like this could get messy yeah. like if you guys don't want to go see this movie with me in theaters i i I wouldn't blame you. No, man. I, I want to be there for every second of it. I think it's going to enhance the enjoyment. And but because and this is what we're talking about, right? To go back to what we were discussing before about the multi-generational thread that they're picking up and weaving through this story, this multiverse story that they're going to be telling is they're going to be bringing several generations of, of fans together through this. And Keaton could have a ripple effect through through DC in the same way that you had through Star Wars when you're seeing Solo back on Luke and Leia and all this, that it's going to have a, a meaningful impact on people that remember back to to standing in line for 89. And I think it's it's such a cool way to, to acknowledge that in a major way, but also to bring back this character into a what I'm assuming is a relatively substantial role for, for this film and maybe for this universe. Yeah, like the rumors are is that he's going to be kind of that mentor Bruce that we saw in Batman Beyond and that maybe instead of Batman Beyond, he mentors a Batgirl or just the he becomes the man in the chair for the Justice League. Who knows what happens from here? But it's exciting stuff. And like before we forget, Sasha Kelly is uh, Supergirl. Mm -hmm. Man, that costume and that look blew my mind. I think she looks so cool. So cool. And it's and it's cool because Andy Muschietti also revealed the logo too in the same fashion they did the Batman yellow oval, the Flash, and we got the Supergirl logo as well. And then we got the set photos. And the thing I liked about it is it, it seems to be playing a bit with Cavill's Superman. I, that was my mm-hmm. impression of it, at least. Like it did, it's not a, a far deviation, if any, from what we saw put to screen there. And so it's this this wonderful melding of all the bright spots of what we've seen over the last couple of years with things that are are part of the legacy of dc film as well yeah no i i think they just nailed that look and like such a unique supergirl to take on because it looks like she's going to be the uh, the lara kent version of supergirl who who just had very small appearances in the injustice comics and she was kind of the what if mm-hmm. like what if the joker hadn't killed lois and superman's child and it was going to be um a daughter named laura kent kind of thing and that was the look that they had and as much as the suit really channels that the hair is Mm -hmm. bang on from what she looked like in those comics and stuff and and man like my daughter being a superman super fan to see her like lose her mind with this brown girl who looks actually quite a bit like her in the Superman suit or Supergirl suit being the Kryptonian of this upcoming movie. That was amazing. Like, I guess it did as much for me as seeing Michael Keaton, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, like it was special. It was, it gave me the dad feels. Well, it gave me the dad feels. And that's what's awesome about this. And like we mentioned with star Wars, this accessibility points, right? My daughter, I haven't shown this to her. I want to show her more of an in motion, but she she's gonna lose her mind for this as well. It's probably not a movie that she's gonna be able to see for a couple of years, just when she's a little older. But ultimately, it's it's another awesome accessibility point that DC is providing to their universe. 
Yeah, man. One, it's cool that they're doing things for kind of everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're doing the Suicide Squad, but within a couple of months, you get DC Super Pets. Yeah. And in between to bridge, we're giving you a DC Superhero Girls meets the Teen Titans Go. And it looks absolutely hilarious. Like, it's it's cool. I, I like what they're doing with making sure that everybody can have a seat at the table. Yep. Yep. And it goes back to it. You know, we always like to think bring things back full circle. It's it's about embracing everything and allowing everyone in. And I'm absolutely loving it. Now, before we get to the Suicide Squad show, one last thing we had to touch on is the Shazamly. Fear of the Gods, Shazam 2. We got a an official release from DC on the new suits for the entirety of the Shazamly. And their suits are a big step up from the end of Shazam 1. This movie is is definitely piquing some interest in me. I coming off the back of Shazam, it was to me it was a fine film. It was okay. But it felt very cartoony. This feels different now. These the, with these new suits. Yeah, like the the first one, I love it, but it was it was definitely made in Toronto, man. Like it, it had that it had that Degrassi look to it. Whereas like these suits, it it looks a little higher caliber, a little more refined, a little more money into it. And it's like that's the way you play this game, right? You try something out, and if you find an audience for it, put a bit more money into it, uh, a bit more care, and see where you can grow these things. So. Yeah, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I liked the look of all of them. I liked that they decided to just have Mary Marvel be um, the same character or the same actress in both roles, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. And yeah, we'll see where they go with it. And in fact, if that works, they could conceivably for another movie just have the adults play those roles yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, as they grow up. Yeah, it, it's exciting things. You know, we, we've got this such a broad spectrum of of dc films but the first one we're going to get here in august is the most adult focused the most mature one and it's james gunn's suicide squad or the suicide squad i should say we got another trailer dropped on us today and this one this one did something i i we, we talked about their their approach and engaging a new audience set and trying to bring a, a completely different set of of marketing tools to the table here and this trailer to me does this in, in spades it invites you into a fun energetic colorful off-brand in some cases film brought to you by the creator of guardians of the galaxy <laughs> yeah man that made me laugh because that was one of the things that stayed on the screen the longest and i'm like why not that is a brilliant piece of marketing mm-hmm. Because you have a billion dollar, wildly successful and beloved movie from this guy. And it's kind of fits with that whole team space. Like you bought your ticket once and he introduced you to a whole new world with a whole cadre of characters. As if he's not going to be able to knock it out of the park, giving you some things that you already know that are established, but introducing you to this new adventure with a whole bunch of new characters as well. So yeah, what, what a simple way to buy the trust of millions of people. Yep, and, and they fully embraced James Gunn, you know, coming off the Guardians where it was a very James Gunn film, but it fit into the Marvel mold. This one, it's him breaking free of that and giving you an ensemble that is all over the place. And I think that is the best thing they could have done is they let him run wild with his characters because... There, there's moments in here that are very serious, 
We got the Idris Elba and Viola Davis moment. But then you've got other things that I, I, I'm audibly laughing, like the Pete Davidson werewolf thing. That's my favorite part of the whole trailer. <laughs> oh, there was that, like, uh, Harley Quinn, when she explains why yeah. she's late, made me laugh. Like, j- laugh, out, like or like the whole starfish explanation yeah, that Peacemaker asked for. Like, John Cena <laughs> is comedic gold in roles like this, where, again, I don't know if they've positioned him in a similar capacity that they originally did with, like, Dave Batista, where he has limitations, but give him the right material. And he's, he's quite good with his timing coming from wrestling and all that, the promos. Everything that he said, like the lines that they've showed of him, they're all hilarious. Like, and the way yeah. he approaches it, the way he delivers it, and the, the looks he gets from the more serious actors too. Like the whole whole thing started, like <laughs> that had me on the ground. Yeah, and it's just the small yeah. things. Like you see Amanda Waller kind of looking at him from across the room in, in disbelief. And then... Bloodsport leaning over and being like, "Shoot, I'm supposed to save the world with these guys." And yeah, man, it was it was cool. And even just small things like they give you Bloodsport's origin ish within that trailer, but like they right away establish him as being a badass. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy smokes, this guy took Superman down. And I thought that was like brilliant and super efficient writing on the part of James Gunn because it's like. He was originally supposed to be Deadshot as a recast because Will Smith couldn't make it. And then Will Smith contacted the studio and said, I'd, I'd like to keep that role. And Will Smith is one of the few guys that can make a request yeah. like that. And <laughs> they'll do what they need to do to make it happen. And so Bloodsport's an ideal replacement character. And uh, to be honest, he, he almost fits better with the Suicide Squad than than Deadshot just because he's, he's taken down bigger... <laughs> bigger bigger foes yeah. kind of thing so in one trailer idris is a force onto himself but they make you accept that well we get this new badass character to be our gun guy kind of thing and i thought that was that was a masterstroke like really efficiently like yeah this guy took down superman and this is why we need him on our suicide squad yeah and they quickly thrust him to the lead of of the suicide squad too right Where they say we need you mm-hmm. to lead here is your team I agree with you. Very economic trailer storytelling in that that engages your audience as to why we should be interested in this guy. Yeah, and like, why should he lead us? Uh, well, has Harley Quinn taken down Superman? No, so we need <laughs> we need this guy. Well, let's let's talk about that too because that created a bit of stir online as well. The idea that taken directly from the comic books that Bloodsport shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. Like I. I agree with you. I love it. And I didn't even bat an eye at it, but there were some that were a bit upset that, that Cavill's Superman was taken down by this guy. Well, man, anybody who's upset, there's two things. Number one, last I checked, you didn't mind when your favorite director did similar (laughs) stuff in a movie in 2016 and number two like read a comic book like that's that's all i gotta say about it like it's ripped straight from his first there's like two panels right that were being that i saw i've never read it but i've seen it all over the internet today where he literally turns around and shoots him with a bullet yeah i think it's like like john burns superman number nine from back in the day and and like superman goes to the hospital too like there's this whole thing with I don't know why I remember this issue so well. I think it was one of the bathroom ones that I had at my folks' house. But like, 
he he talks like the I remember the doctor explaining like the work that he had to do to get the bullet out of Superman because he started healing really fast once he got <laughs> the main piece of it out. But uh, yeah, like, and even if it wasn't ripped from the comic books, it's a cool storytelling trope or plot device if you want to use that term to kind of move the whole thing along and establish why this guy's a badass mm-hmm. and why he belongs on the suicide squad like why not it's great and it's something that why you not? can play with down the road too right depending on what you want to do with your universe and how connected you want it to be it can be it can be something down the road as well which you use as a one-off acknowledgement like hey remember that time i got shot or you you develop into something a bit bigger right so to enhance and show Superman's weakness at some point down the road, right? Like, it, it's it can be all built-in storytelling that you can launch something else off, which I think is awesome too. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. Like, like there's there's literally uh, whole Star Wars movies made off of throwaway lines. <laughs> like, Rogue One <laughs> is a movie made from a throwaway line about stolen Death Star plans. This conceivably could be the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and that would be cool, man. Like you got one of the biggest stars in the planet in Idris Elba. Why mm. not integrate him into a Superman movie? Yeah. He'd, yeah. He'd be a huge get. So, and anybody who doesn't like it, there is literally a memo from Warner brothers telling you <laughs> where you can go. <laughs> not to the theaters. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's talk about last things here, last couple of things here with the, the suicide squad, we get a good first view of the ensemble. The, what appears to be maybe your opening sequence ensemble where you have, guys like Pete Davidson and Nathan Fillion. You've got Michael Rooker in there. The only thing about this trailer that it does is that when you bleed out to what is maybe more of your core team that's going to fight Starro and all that, you lose some of those guys. So my, my fear is that we're making the leap. Okay, those guys die, right? That's, we, the, that is the nature of the Suicide Squad. My hope is, is that they're just thrown back in jail and we get to revisit. Because I'm going to be a little upset if Pete Davidson dies on the first mission because... I, that guy and his delivery on stuff like this and giving him a bit of space to move with James Gunn as the writer, he could do some brilliant stuff. And guys like Michael Rooker, I know Gunn's going to have a blast killing him. <laughs> and Nathan Fillion, like they're all good friends. But I, I worry, do worry that because of the nature of the trailer that we're seeing kind of the start battle and the end battle and we can make those automatic leaps and we're going to be expecting individuals to die. And maybe it's going to be so fantastical that we're just going to ignore the fact that we knew it was coming, kind of? Well, and man, to build on your point, what a great trip. Like, I started feeling for these characters, and obviously you did mm-hmm. too, if you want them to get thrown back in jail <laughs> so that they can come back, because you're going to feel a loss if and when they do go down. So that's that's a testament to what he's built here as well, is um, the Suicide Squad is only as good as what kind of buy-in you can get from your audience with the characters mm-hmm. that may or may not go down. So if you can get the audience caring about characters and then blow them up in wacky ways, I think that's pretty cool actually. So, Well, it, it makes the impact. And I think that's where Ayer's Suicide Squad lacked a little bit, right? Is that outside of a few of the characters, maybe like your Harley Quinn, you never feel attached enough, like you're saying, or any sort of emotional connection or a tether to these characters where if they do die, you're going to actually be like, Oh, you know, like you want some of that to carry weight. And the way you do that is you hear, you hire recognizable character actors like guns done, right? Like your Pete Davidson's Nathan Fillion's Michael Rooker's that where 
you kind of already have an established connection with like outside of even the characters with the actors and you're like oh, i want to see more of this and so to me it all goes into that where you don't have unknowns or or you know actors and actors of course you always give people opportunities but for glorified cameos if maybe you want to refer to them as that you got to have someone that people can just make an immediate connection with yeah and i'm like it's hilarious how fascinated i am about characters like javelin mm-hmm. i want to see what this guy's <laughs> all about and like he he's just he had an interesting energy on fandom and then he did this funky song after fandom with like audio from their panel and it's like i want to see what this guy's all about in this movie and yeah characters like weasel yeah what things gun ends up putting his brother through so get in this this ping pong ball suit or whatever it is this tight spandex <laughs> embarrassing and overly revealing suit that he keeps making making him get in for every movie he makes it's so great so this this has changed as we wrap it up. it's gonna be a short one this week guys but does this change your your hype level at all for for suicide squad and then expand it all out you know we've we spent the last couple of weeks chronicling the the ever-changing dynamic inside of dc film and this to me again takes another level up where everything seems to be changing so is is the hype that we've talked about and that we've put on the table is it real are you seeing that percolating through the wider community are you seeing that even in your own sort of headspace as far as what is happening inside of DC and what these trailers and what these films and these set photos, what's, what's, how are you feeling about everything right now? Yeah, man, I, I kind of go back to something that you said as a criticism way back when, and then something that you've applauded them for recently, which is taking control of the narrative. And it's, it's things like there's set photos that get leaked with Shazam and right away they cobble together that quick little stinger with uh, Zachary Levi in the dark. And then uh, David Sandberg's like, well, I won't be able to keep all the suits secret for long. So here you go. Here's a nice clear picture of all of them. Uh, I, like Muschietti tactically revealing things. Uh, I, I think it's cool, man. And it's like, it, it's interesting. You, you kind of see like a, a small group that's upset that things aren't going a way that they liked it, but it, it seems to be really contained and almost like the same guys with a bunch of burner accounts. And then like, I'm kind of looking at the new followers that I've been picking up here and there. And it's like, I'm seeing a lot of people in like the mid to late teens kind of space. And it's like, not that, not that I'm, well, I am the goddamn Batman. So maybe I like having these proteges coming to me to, enlist an army of sidekicks but also it tells me that they're starting to get a new generation of fans and like starting to cultivate some interest in their brand which is a great thing and it makes me happy for kind of the long-term future of where they're going and like this the suicide squad trailer it it struck different chords for people and i loved how they rolled it out because they actually didn't release it but the actors all quote unquote leaked mm-hmm. it in various ways. And I think we ended up getting it from the lady that plays Ratcatcher 2 because the one I sent you guys had like a Spanish yeah. text to it. And then I saw one where Margot Robbie had done a little thing on Instagram and there was one with Jai Courtney. And then they played into the fact that they were the villains yeah. and that they 
they all breached their NDAs and released it. And then it wasn't until like five or six hours later that they officially released the trailer. But I thought that was just such a neat little way of uh, rolling your brand out. And I, I love these new things and the changing over of your of your audience and trying to change the narrative around your brand and make it inclusive and make it a fun and healthy place. And it's kind of like I said, after recordings a couple weeks ago, like I don't care if Sanjay ever watches another DC movie or buys another Blu-ray, but I really care if your wife and daughter are asking you if you guys can watch DC movies and DC shows and go to McDonald's to get DC toys because that's where it's at. That's where you grow the audience kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, I'm I'm digging what I'm seeing in this space. Yeah, I fully agree with you there, and you know I've said it numerous times with this podcast, but it's like cultivating that new that new audience through a a focused effort on reinvigorating your brand. And I, it's to me, it's just been wonderfully done. It's been on full display in the last couple of weeks, and I want to make sure that we fully acknowledge that because I think it's in a it's a humongous step for for DC film. And I think it's going to mean big things. And the great thing about it is we're going to have three, four, five, six vibrant franchises that we chronicle almost every week here on the podcast. And one thing that we always love to focus on is the positive spin on everything. This makes our jobs way easier. <laughs> yeah, man. Like there's, there's like you'd look at Loki and there's nothing to criticize with it. It's like every place they go has fluorescent lighting. Like nah. that's probably the only thing that I could say as a negative maybe, but it's a cool aesthetic for the show. Like it's all been great and that's the way it should be. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, I, I, I love the fact that we you know each, each fandom goes through and ebbs and flows in its, I guess the, the perception, the enjoyment people are getting out of that. And you can go back and listen to podcasts from years ago. And I was heavily critical of, of DC film. And there's been times when I haven't been overly pleased with what's going on in Star Wars. But the fact that we are similarly moving past that with all of these franchises and we're everyone. And I think it comes down to ultimately it is that everyone is finding their space inside of these franchises, whether you want it, whether you're a Clone Wars or, a, a new era DC film guy, Black Adam, whatever, or if you like the the Bale stuff or the Zack Snyder stuff, it's all there for you. Streaming services has made it accessible in a, in a very real way on every device in your house. And there's this great buzz about the re-embracing of some of these older brands, whether it's Star Wars or DC or Jurassic Park and you know, all the things that we've chronicled the last couple of weeks is that I find that we're getting this this awesome mix of new generation and legacy stuff coming to this this beautiful head here over the next couple of years where we're going to see this this flourishing of of these franchises. And and I love it. I absolutely love how we're in just this this great space right now where every week we can sit down and maybe we talk about Flash and, and Loki next week, but it it's stuff that that it's exciting, it's engaging, and to be honest with you, it's it's brought a whole new life, I think, to DC over the last six months. Yeah, man, it, it's nice, man, and being being like the <laughs> the tried and true DC guy. Like there were some there were some rough years, but uh, 
it, it's great. It's great to log on to Twitter and not see like the fighting and the negativity to not see the naysaying from like the industry and whatnot. Like people are genuinely enthusiastic about the Suicide Squad and the Batman and the Flash and curious about Black Adam. That's a that's a perfect place to mm-hmm. be. A perfect place to be. So, yeah, man. Like, I I will happily sacrifice and walk away from all those things that woulda, coulda, shoulda been for all the amazing things that they have on the table and where they're going now. Like, whew, sign me up. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Shoulder to shoulder. We got the double jabs, man. Maybe back in the theaters sooner rather than later. And, you know, guys, we've got some big things coming up here. Not only do we got Suicide Squad coming up here in in August, a couple weeks, Black Widow will be dropping. It will be a at-home watch for me. I'm going to be out on vacation, actually. So we got some sorting to do here, what the podcasts are going to look like over the coming weeks. But you guys know we'll be back here in some form each and every Thursday. It might be a solo podcast. It might be a different combination of hosts. Who knows what we're going to be talking about next week. We do have a couple things on tap that will hit the feed in the relative near term some cool and interesting twists we're going to throw at the podcasting and once we get through this the summer months here with everything opening up in the world we're starting to take advantage of of moving outside of our basements which is exciting and so we're going to be trying to take some opportunity to go see family and embrace kind of the 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 real world again and so our podcast yes they're going to be consistent they're going to be coming out but we're going to see some new stuff again as we get towards the end of the summer as we always are trying to evolve this product, always trying to evolve this brand and uh, and always do new things with, uh, with the Nerd Room here. And we've got some exciting films coming up in the fall and we're going to have a, a really great summer at the mics here, guys. So with all that being said, we're going to let you guys go a little early here. I mean, the goddamn Batman got to uh, go catch up on some Superman and Lois and big episodes coming out here, boy. So um, that's right. Speaking of perfectly embracing the law. Yeah, exactly. That's the show that writes the book on that. Yeah. So with all that, guys, if you want to be a, a bigger part of shedding positivity on all the franchises we love, you can always email us at thenerdroom.com. You can find everything we do over at thenerdroom.net. The hunt is real, and it's over on Instagram. Go check out some of this cat photos going to throw up. Go check out Carlos's deep dives into Martha's basement, which I'm, I'm loving and looking forward to some more of that. And at some point, the guys will be back. Don't worry. The nerd room is fine. There's, there's no animosity. There's nothing out of that. It's just, just busyness coming in back to the real world. Sanjay has been playing tennis. Right now, he's out. Well, he got his, his, his jab the other day, and the, <laughs> it took him out. So he's on the sidelines, on the, on the, the what is it in baseball, the, the DL, something like that? I don't know. The... Man, like I told Zeddy, if you're, if you're talking baseball, you're talking to the wrong I guy. I, I might have <laughs> might have gotten that wrong. But anyways, guys, the Nerd Room will be back in full capacity, probably not till August, but uh, the guys, you will hear someone, our, our voices, and like I said, in some form here over the coming weeks. So, man, goddamn Batman, it's been a pleasure, as always, breaking down another weekend, Nerd. But until next week, for all of this, for the Nerd Room and all that positivity, I am Tim. And I'm Batman. Oh, he sure is. The guy's... We'll talk to you next week. Stay positive. Have some fun. Get there and re-embrace the world. I'm starting to feel a bit better about things. And as always, thank you so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. 
And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.